by the time you hear this podcast, you're going to remember us and we're going to remember you. I'm going to remember you. You're going to remember me. I'm going to remember you. You're going to remember me. I'm going to remember you. You're going to remember me. Yeah, I'm going to remember you. You're going to remember me. I saw you me. with your new girl just yesterday. And I feel that I must confess. Even though it kills me to have to say. I'll admit that I was impressed. Physically just short of perfection. Gotta commend you on your selection. Though I know I shouldn't be concerned In the back of my mind I can't help but question Does she rub your feet when you've had a long day? Scratch your skin when you take out your Does brain? she know that you like to play PS2 till 6 in the morning like I do? I can't explain this feeling yeah. I think about it every day Welcome to By the Time You Hear This Podcast. I'm Greg. I'm Ben. And we're back with episode 156. You want to go play some PS2? <laughs> Man. That is so that dated. Did, yeah, that did not age well. <laughs> mm. I forgot about this song. Yeah. So, um, again, thank you to everyone who listened so far, who downloaded watch the Twitch stream, mm-hmm. watch the Instagram clips, the YouTube clips. We appreciate all of that. Um, and even though we've been off for about a month, we're still the number one music history uh, podcast <laughs> in the world. Let's just say it like that. Yeah. In the world. I got to do that. I was trying to do the... Uh... The David Blaine face like he did and the, that guy who played him like that. <laughs> classics, classics. What the F, David Blaine? That was what probably from 2007 also. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're playing your PS2. <laughs> Man. So, um, yeah, let's get into the show, man. Uh, whoop, whoop. So we got... Um, So since we were last on, uh, the drummer from the Rolling Stones, Charlie Watts, passed away. It's tragic. Um, it's tragic. I mean, well, I should say tragic in that like you hate to lose someone, but it wasn't. You know, they're 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 an old band. So I mean, yeah. Eventually, I, we're I, gonna I, lose them. Over, the, I would say over the next ten years, we're probably they'll probably all be gone over the next ten years. He was uh, eighty years old. <clears throat> And um, let's see. Um, I think he's there. I mean, they still tour, right? They yeah. They still play, yeah. Like, he was the drummer from 1963 until mm-hmm. his death. Yeah, they played played the Super Bowl, so got to do that experience. That was when they uh, went with the safe old guys, so. Yeah. I'm not even seeing what he died from, so. Oh, I, I mean, I didn't see it either. It might have been. Um, I, I, I don't even know. Uh, we did have throat cancer, but that was 2004. 
So mm-hmm. I have no idea. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe the family's not releasing it. Yeah. But uh, like I said, in the Rolling Stones, um, from 1963 <clears throat> until his death, um, I guess not known as the flashiest drummer. No. Um, and um, he is, well, I'm reading this off the wiki. He is often regarded as one of the greatest drummers of all time. Uh, ranked number 12 on Rolling Stones, the magazine, their 100 greatest r- drummers. He was ranked number 12. But didn't they have like Rolling Kurt Stone. Cobain ranked yeah. number one of the greatest Rolling guitarist Stone, or something? Yeah, Rolling Stones. I don't know if he was ranked not, number one, but it was pretty not high. Not to say that Charlie Watts was bad, but I guess he's not a... I guess to me, it's not a name that, that comes up a lot if you think of nah. like the greatest drummers. You probably think of someone a little more flashy, mm-hmm. someone who has elaborate setups like Neil Peart. I was going to say a lot of people <laughs> say Neil Peart. <laughs> or uh, Alex Van Halen, yeah. maybe. Um, who really didn't become flashy until I was. I would probably say like around 1984 yeah. when he really showed off his chops. Um, and they, they, Mike Portnoy they, they comes to mind. More in front of the camera. Yeah. I still remember seeing the, um, <clears throat> I know they were supposed to be talking about Charlie Watts, but there's not a whole lot to say really. Not from my perspective, but with Alex Van Halen, when they made the Hot for Teacher video, <laughs> he was the only one that couldn't dance. Yeah. And they had very, very simple choreography. And he just couldn't And get you it. could tell that he struggled. Couldn't get it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how many takes they did, but yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, he's not. But Charlie you think Watts of not, like those kinds of names yeah. before you get to Charlie Watts. Not to say there's nothing bad about him because he was in the band pretty much the whole time. Yeah. Uh, so um, he was definitely. I, I may have seemed like the guy who at least musically kept everything. Yeah, I mean, on he was time solid and, he, and steady. He did what they needed, you know. Um, I mean, he was better than Ringo, but I mean, he did. <laughs> <laughs> He did what they needed him to do. So Quincy Jones yeah. would have worked with him. Yeah, I think Quincy Jones okay. might have worked with him. Um, <laughs> but I don't know, man. Quincy Jones had, like, such high standards. But, no, I mean, he held it together. But, I mean, like, with the music that the Rolling Stones do, you know, you don't really need a drummer that can do a ton. Like, for a drummer to to do more in that band, you know, they probably don't sound the same. So, yeah. So um, rest in peace to Charlie Watts. He was mm-hmm. 80 years old. And uh, I guess the unsung hero of the Rolling Stones, you might say. Yeah. Um, so I have not tried to watch the movie, any of the movies or the TV specials yet about about uh, Aretha Franklin with Jennifer Hudson playing Aretha Franklin. Oh, those are out now. I think that one's out. Oh, I haven't. I didn't know. I mean, oh, that and that's an like we were talking about earlier, where they name a uh, the movie, the biopic after the song, mm-hmm. after a song. Uh, yeah, that was that came out in August, but um, uh, I had not seen Respect, and I have not seen. Um, Genius Aretha Franklin. It's a mini series with Cynthia Erivo. Okay. As Aretha. Um So I'm guessing so, then cuz you can purchase this right now on YouTube TV. So I'm guessing this might have 
Did this get released to theaters? I think it had a limited theater run. Yeah. Everything's oh, still- or it might still be in theaters somewhere, but it was released on August 13th in theaters. Mm-hmm. Everything's wild right now with COVID. What's interesting so. is that Aretha Franklin was involved in the development, and she said before she passed <clears throat> that Jennifer Hudson would win an Oscar for her performance. An- another one? <laughs> an LB. It would be another one. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, and and would uh, it would be interesting to see if Marlon Wayans would be nominated. So he's it's because he's sneaky good, you know. Like he's yeah. <laughs> people like he, don't know that. I think he can actually act. <laughs> yeah, but the it was all the stupid stuff that was making him money. Yeah, and why would you not do it? You know, like yeah, white chicks. A lot of people love white chicks, or they they even like Little Man. Yeah, yeah, I don't get it. But if you watch Requiem for a Dream, yeah, that's that's where he got a lot of, of a lot of cred for. So like I he say he's sneaky act. good. If you've seen him act, you know that he's good. But it's just like he doesn't he doesn't do it, you know. So I, I mean, maybe this will be a chance for him to kind of flex a little bit. We'll we'll see. Yeah. Um, but I bring that up to bring up that. Um, Sony will have a biopic of a world-famous singer of their own, (laughs) and it will be about Whitney Houston. So there have been a couple documentaries about Whitney. There's the uh, Lifetime movie about her. Um, She was portrayed as a major part of the Bobby Brown miniseries. Somebody put that clip up on TikTok. They're like, put the clip up of where he's having a stroke and she starts dancing around. (laughs) 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 Oh, so let's just hope that it's a better, it's better than that. Like, cause it was, although, you know, we never know how we weren't there, but it was kind of scary, man. You know, it may be heavily sanitized. That's what I imagine. Not only is her estate involved. Sony being involved as well. They don't, yeah. And Clive Davis. Yeah, they they do not want to further taint. That they name. are going. This is. I I feel like it might be heavily sanitized, uh, where it's all the good stuff, maybe some of the controversial stuff. Mm-hmm. But as far as con- the contra- as the most controversy you may see is that she married Bobby Brown. Mm-hmm. I don't think we'll see that she had an affair with Jermaine Jackson because no one talks about that. And uh, like what's she the... was like singing, like, save it all my love for you was to him, <laughs> to Greasy Jermaine Jackson. What is the uh, the working title of this film, Greg? It's called I Want to Dance with Somebody. I'm like, OK, if you're going to pick a song. Yeah. Why that one? I don't know. What it made me what it made me start thinking about. And I should have written some of these down. Like what will start happening in like, you know, the next 20 to 30 years when more of these come out, since we kind of named some of these other famous biopics that are named after songs. Yeah. Like, you know, of artists, what songs will they use? Or like, will they title the Beyonce one single ladies? No, it's going to be <laughs> called Dangerously were... in Love. Okay. I was going to say if I were a girl, if I were a boy, but no, I could see that Dangerously in Love. It's going to be, yeah, it's going to be that one. If they made one about, um, I feel like if they made one about Kurt Cobain, it's, it's going to be called Smells Like Teen Spirit. They can't resist. Oh, I it, I thought it might be called Nevermind. 
Ooh, okay, okay. It might be an album. It might be an album. Okay, but I it's going to be like one of their works is going to be the title. Oh, yeah. Like I just, when you mentioned that, though, I'd never given it thought. And now I'm just thinking, though, like, you know, all like these. The Stevie Wonder, Inner Visions. Mm-hmm. You got to play on the blindness. Yeah, Inner Visions. Okay, I can see that. I could see that. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to, I might, I might go and make a list of these just and like pitch right, I got them. Another, for the Beatles, A Hard Day's Night. I know they, they, they there's a movie called A Hard Day's <laughs> Night, but this will be like the gritty biopic. <laughs> they were talking about like where the, they're all the, doing drugs constantly. <laughs> yeah, I tell you about the the vibe that I saw or like, I um, was uh, Matt Post. He made he made this um, this vine where it's like uh, where people take children's books. Why do why like if there's a why do all these movie adaptations have to make everything like extra gritty? <laughs> so he's like, what you do it with children's books? And he did one with like, Where's Waldo? <laughs> what? <laughs> and, 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 he, and they have like, it sounds like the soundtrack from Drive. <laughs> and so it comes up to Waldo. It's like, So Waldo, what have you been up to? Well, I've gotten really good at hiding. <laughs> <laughs> see this now so uh yeah give, give me an artist I, I i mean i i got a few more i'm sure i got a few more if you just give me an artist i'll i'll, I'll have one for you right now mary j blige hmm no more drama no <laughs> hold on i'm going to my i'm going to my uh is there one for jeff buckley already uh there was the uh greetings from jeff buckley I mean, greetings from Tim Buckley, mm-hmm. which was about Tim Buckley, and then a tribute concert where Jeff Buckley performs and finds more finds more stuff about his dad. Mm. That's the closest. So this is this is a weird one right here because he's maligned, but he's still one of the most successful artists of all time. R. Kelly. It can't be. I believe I can fly. <laughs> Oh, it's going to be called My Mind's Telling Me No. It's going to be oh. a lyric. It's going to be called My Mind's Telling Me No. Oh, God. All right. Do one more here. One more. Um, Madonna. Madonna. Um, I got one in mind that I think that they would go for with her. Two I have. I don't think it'll be like a virgin. Because, no, no. Hell no. Um, could be Take a Bow or... Okay. Um, Or like True Blue. True Blue is what I'm thinking. True Blue or, um, I got what's the other one I thought of? Blonde Ambition. I think that was the name of her, of her tour. Of the documentary. Yeah. And she had the like Blonde the Ambition tour. tour. Yeah. But it still could use it. It could mm-hmm. still be that. Erotica, that'd be. <laughs> just be like, what? But yeah, I could. True Blue is the first one that came to mind. Um, but yeah, that'd be interesting. I, I want to see some of these. I might we should we should put some of these on YouTube and get people to vote or on TikTok because there's a guy who I watch who I swear he has to be a screenwriter and just doesn't say it. He does these Mad Libs um, for like movies. Like he did a Mad Lib for like he'll just you know, for like Fast and Furious, uh, and then he did one today for like a Kevin Hart and The Rock movie. And I was like, I would watch this ten out of ten times. Um, yeah, we sh- we should post something like that to be very funny. Uh, the Whitney Houston film is going to be directed by Casey Lemons, 
she directed uh remember the movie Eve's Bayou? <laughs> I, I'm only I, laughing I just because it gets brought up as like a running gag on the Cleveland show. <laughs> Him and his wife are always like, Ooh, let's watch Eve's Bayou <laughs> like all the time. <laughs> uh she has also directed the caveman. The caveman's Valentine. Oh, she did Harriet. Harriet with Cynthia Erivo. Where they made her an action star. <laughs> Uh, self-made, the one about Madam C.J. Walker that's on Netflix. <clears throat> Talk to me, which was with Don Cheadle and she Chiwetel did Silence of the Lambs. She was in it. Oh, she was in it. Okay. She's she's she is also an actress. Okay. She was in um, Fear of a Black Hat. Let me look at her. And she was on ER. She was in the Five Heartbeats. Um, she was in School Days. I think she had a small role in School Days. Okay, and she just moved into. Directing and huh? to directing, That's yeah, good for And her. it will be the script is expected to be written by Anthony McCartan, who wrote, who <laughs> is known for writing biopics. Uh, he had he wrote the script for Theory of Everything mm-hmm. for about uh, Stephen Hawking, Darkest Hour, which is about Winston Churchill, Bohemian Rhapsody, <laughs> which is about uh, Freddie Mercury. And the two popes. Did you say Freddie Mercury? <laughs> Just gonna leave the rest of Queen yep, out. The rest of them are out. <laughs> Who's Brian May? <laughs> I don't even know the other actors who played the rest of the band. I don't either. <laughs> uh, the two popes, which is about um, uh, Cardinal Jorge Mario Bergoglio and Pope Benedict the Sixteenth. <laughs> but that was a. <laughs> All I think is, ain't nobody come to see you, Brian. <laughs> you know what? Sadly, I don't know the other names of the rest of the band. Me I know, either. I know, Freddie Mercury and Brian May. That's all, That's I, all know. I know. Oh god, now I got to cramp. Gotta I'm laughing better. so hard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hold on, let's see if there's a. Oh, never mind. I thought I thought they had I thought they had some some cast. Oh, uh, some uh, some people cast in. Well, the, I mean, uh, who could play Whitney Houston though? Do they well, do their gonna own be, singing? And it's going to be uh, a woman named Naomi Aki. Oh, they've they've cast Whitney Houston. They've already. cast Whitney Houston already. Oh, can she sing? Uh, she's an <clears> actress. <throat> it doesn't say that she's a singer, but uh, she was on Doctor Who. Um, oh, so she's British. She was she played Jana in The Rise of Skywalker. Uh she was on the third season of Master of None, the Aziz Ansari series. Um she's mostly worked in the UK, but she's she's won a a British indie independent film award for being Lady Macbeth. Okay. Um but I think this is, is it a, it's based on a novella, I guess, connected to Macbeth. Um, and she's won a BAFTA TV award mm-hmm. for best supporting actress on this show, The End of the Effing World. I've heard that show. So she will be playing Aretha. I mean, sorry, Whitney. Um, oh, it's said to be no holds barred, this biopic. Okay. We'll see. We'll see about that. Especially with Clive Davis involved. Um just like um just like Strata Compton was gritty and no holes barred and 
Just oh, it was going well. This say this article says <clears throat> Casey Lemons. The wiki says Stella Maggie, uh, who directed Gene of the Joneses. Never. It was like an indie film. No, no. Uh, Everything, everything was another indie film. The Weekend and the Photograph. Now I know the Photograph is the one with I think it had Issa Rae and um uh what's the dude the dude from G- Judas and the Black Messiah but he didn't he didn't play Fred Hampton he played William O'Neill I didn't see that one are you talking Lakeith about Stanfield. Lakeith Stanfield yeah, I was gonna say he was in a <laughs> Get Out <laughs> uh, and thank you for uh thank you for calling is it I can't remember. He used the white voice. I think it was called Thank You for Calling. Sorry to bother you. Sorry to bother you, yeah. What is Thank You for Calling? I don't know. Uh, But she directed that. She's directed episodes of Grownish, Insecure, and First Wives Club. The movie? Or there's a show called First Wives Club? Is this the... um... Oh, it's a TV series based on the film. Oh, that's funny. But uh, they made everyone black because it has <laughs> it has Jill Scott on it in it. <laughs> Classic film. Classic film. I never saw it, but <laughs> I've seen it more times than I care to admit. But it's funny. That's what I hear. I mean, you've got some heavy hitters in it. So for the time, I mean, Gen Z or who who's Diane Keaton? They yeah. wouldn't know. But back then they were big deals. I've learned more and more. I know this is also off topic. Gen Z's don't appreciate anything. No, no. They they can't. No. They can't. Mm-mm. They physically, mentally cannot appreciate <laughs> anything. Uh but anyway. Uh so it's one it's it's either Casey Lemons or Stella Maggie uh, directing it <laughs> because <laughs> uh, both names have been associated, so hopefully they, they figure that out. Um and uh as I said uh, Clive Davis is going to be involved. The estate for Whitney Houston. And um, yeah, we'll see. They said no holds barred. So we're going to find out what is your relationship with Robin? Who is Robin? If to it doesn't Whitney? open with her doing crack cocaine. No, I'm sorry. She said crack is whack. Crack it doesn't, if it doesn't open with her snorting coke. It is not no holds barred. It needs that's what it needs to open with. If you want to talk about if you want to be gritty and no holds barred and have her, you know, just being like, uh, like walking around like she's high. And look, I would I would I would give I would say it's a win if you if we 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 know about the relationship with Robin mm-hmm. and any reference to Jermaine Jackson. <clears throat> yeah. It, for, to, when I think of no holds barred, I think of walk the line. That's what I think of. Walk the line was dark, <laughs> or even Ray. Or I haven't seen Ray. That's so I, I can't speak to Ray, but I've heard Ray, Ray is like, pretty is pretty gritty as well. I, I didn't know about any heroin addiction. Yeah, an addiction. It was re- a, a a real yeah. addiction to heroin. Yeah, how I deep thought he would have go, died. You know, <laughs> he would have died way before yeah. <laughs> before because I think he died shortly before the film was released. Mm-hmm. I thought he would. He should have died way before that. Yeah. So yeah, that's the that's the bar, and I guess if you want to be like gritty artistic, then um, get on up is <laughs> is the way to go. 
But that was just like that director had something that, to prove. <laughs> well, that was all over the place. Yeah, he just he was just like you got too many styles going on yeah. here. <laughs> he was like, "All right, there's gonna be another dream sequence where you're gonna fly." Like, no, dude, stop. <laughs> like, yeah. I feel like that was written. It was like, okay, we can't have this. <laughs> there was there was a scene like James Brown flying. <laughs> Flying over the house he he lived in with his dad before he got oh. sent to his aunt's house. Oh, <laughs> but yeah. So I I think that says it all. Though we what we expect for gritty. You're of course Ray, walk the line. Um, if it's not like that, then it's not gritty. Because I think to me, it sounds like at least with Ray and and walk the line, they kind of set the standard on how you can tell the story of an artist who has a darker past. That maybe, and I mean, it sounds like Ray probably, like Ray Charles probably hit a little of his. I think we knew a lot about Johnny Cash. Like, I don't think he really tried to hide that. But he either put it in his songs or we just, we just saw it. But I think, um, though, those are the films that they're going to get compared. I, they they get compared to each other, Walk the Liner, because it was about the same time Mm -hmm. that they came. I think, and both had critical acclaim. Yeah. Yeah. So, that I think that's that is the standard. It, are and those two good films. actors too? Yeah, Jamie Foxx and Joaquin Phoenix. Like you, like they, yeah. they're, they're with this. They're going the the unknown, the relative unknown. Um, mm-hmm. with Aretha Franklin. Well, with the miniseries and the you got an Academy Award winner in the movie. Mm-hmm. You got an Academy Award nominee in the miniseries. Yeah, so. It's you taking a risk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But they, uh, but with, I feel like just with Clive Davis involved, no matter how old he actually is, <laughs> he's controlling this the whole way. Yeah. Hey, ain't my money. <laughs> Clive Davis gave us supernatural. Okay. By calling all his friends to help Santana. <laughs> I was in the car and then I came on and I was just like, geez, man, he really just, he became like a background to, to his, his own album. To his own, <laughs> to his album, own, to his own album. songs. It's just like, he's just like, I'll play a lick here, a lick there. I'll take a solo and then I'll leave the studio. Like, <laughs> I was like, how many people were like, oh yeah, this is a Michelle Branch song. Like, no one knew. No one knew that it was a... They probably thought Smooth was by Matchbox 20. I did. I ain't gonna <laughs> lie, but yeah, it's just, I, whenever I think about that, I just laugh. It's just like, he just took the money and ran. Um... <clears throat> Was there an article you had you wanted to bring up? Um, or do you want to save it? We can save it because all it was was really just session. So we can we can save it because I know we just we're sitting here having fun. <laughs> all right. Um, charts. Yes, let's get to the charts. The one hundred. I know the last time I looked at the Spotify playlist, the number one song was "Stay." By the Kid Leroy and Justin Bieber. That song is freaking everywhere. Even Jason Derulo made a video with it. Uh, but this week, it's number two. Oh, they're battling, bro. They're battling. So number one again. I think this is the third time it's gotten to number one. Butter by BTS. It was number seven last week. Did they do a show? I don't know. Some, but that's The jump from seven to one in this era... Well, you know they've got those fan armies that will go out and just do anything, whatever it takes. So essentially you've got two artists right here in the top two that are teaching their fans how to manipulate, whether it be Justin Bieber who basically put out the guide on how to manipulate 
you know, Spotify numbers. And then BTS, their fans will um, will basically spam. Like, apparently they got in a fight with um, Nicki, Minaj, Nicki Minaj fans or something like that at some point. But, like, they'll just spam the plays to get them up there. Um, so, yeah, like, is any of this true? Is BTS really the most, is Butter really the most popular song in the world? Or are their fans just so bored and crazy that <laughs> they're just like, just leave it on repeat and just let it play? Just... <laughs> And turn down the volume. Yeah. I mean, these are the same fans that got mad at people for buying the BTS meal. And they like, if you're not a real fan of BTS and you're getting, I saw this on, on social media and you're buying the BTS meal, you're appropriating. That's like fair. Like that's, you need to save that for real BTS fans. And this one, I, like enough, they're going to run out. That was enough, run out of BTS meal. Bro, that was enough internet for the day. Like I turned it off. I was like, I just, I guess these people are on another, that reminds another me level. Of, I um, cause Sweetie has her own McDonald's, combo. and you can't get sweet and sour sauce without getting a sweetie and sour sauce. But this 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 would happen on consecutive days. It was very weird. So I saw a video of like she actually, I guess, part of the promotion. Yeah, she, she makes worked, a video. Yeah, she worked at the drive through at McDonald's. What? <laughs> and because uh, someone pulled her at the drive through, was like. Are are you really working here? It's like, do you think I'm really working here? I'm like, well, you got on a McDonald's shirt and it has your name, <laughs> and so I get that was part of the 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 promo. But then after that, what I've been seeing is people posting DMs they get on Instagram from quote unquote celebrities uh, asking for money. <laughs> so someone sent a DM what? like it was like, hey best friend. Uh, could you, um, I'm trying to get some money together so I can get my Lambo back from Quavo. <laughs> what? And they made it seem like they were actually sweetie, but they added like an extra A in the spelling of the, like, this is through Instagram. Oh, so, so they're something to, you wouldn't notice. Yeah. <laughs> Why? Are people that bored? Yes. Like, what's going on yes, here? They like, are. I thought this. I thought you were gonna say like it was for real happen. I was like, oh, no. clearly Usher hit somebody up because <laughs> I've I've seen that because that was dude was still in shirts. Like <laughs> he needs a bed. Um, and Bow Wow. I tell you, I saw the there was a commercial that he's doing. It was part of his residency, but he's sponsored by some uh, brandy or cognac, some kind of alcohol, and it's like him walking through all these rooms and. In a strip club, you see the money falling, but you can clearly see their usher bucks. <laughs> no, I didn't know about this. So I just wondered, did he recycle the ones he threw in that strip club that we know about? Times is hard, maybe. <laughs> go and pick them up. Yeah, go back and pick them up. I need these for the commercial, bro. I need <laughs> Each usher buck costs You know how much cents. money it costs to make this money? It costs 50 cents to make one of these, bro. Like it's... <laughs> Um, okay, so number three, we got Bad Habits by Ed Sheeran. Uh, Good For You by Olivia Rodrigo, number four. Kiss Me More, Doja Cat featuring SZA at number five. Debuting at number six, Hurricane by Kanye West mm-hmm. from Donda. Number seven, uh, Industry Baby, Lil Nas X and Jack mm-hmm. Harlow. Number eight, Still Hanging Around, Levitating by Dua Lipa. This doesn't say featuring the baby this time. Yeah. 
It would normally say featuring the baby on the website. He got canceled. But <laughs> it's it, it just says Dua Lipa by herself. Uh, number nine, Fancy Like by Walker Hayes. Oh, man. So this is the song that we probably would have referenced back in college. The, the line is, and I told Kendra this, we fancy like Applebee's on a date night. I told, I told her, I was like, oh, we used to, oh, like, we used to say that. Like, oh, let's go somewhere expensive, like Applebee's. <laughs> Only thing, we were broke college kids, so hey, but yeah, yeah, fancy like Apple. And they put it in their commercial, which pa- makes me think they probably paid them to write it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and number 10, Jail by Kanye West. <laughs> uh <laughs> Debut again, number two. Oh, that song is so funny. Uh, and also, he's, he's at number 11 and 12. Off the Grid is number 11. OK, OK is number 12. Um, so this is just a thing now. Yeah. With streaming, this is just a thing. We got to get used to it. So I think, uh, wasn't it one time that uh, Drake had oh, yeah, he was, six or seven songs in the top yeah, 10? Yeah. It was, uh, it was something crazy like that because yeah. streams, like, it's just... He broke single, like, what, single day streaming or something like that? Yeah. Broke uh, his own record, I think, if I remember correctly. No, Kanye had the record, and then Drake broke that record. It's insane. But Kanye had a better second day than Drake's second day. This this all honestly makes me think of the competition between Kanye and 50 back when he, they both released album. Um, and they were like, who's going to sell the most? Only it was like, you know, we're... One of them sold like nine hundred something thousand. <laughs> it's like, oh, we used to think about back in the day when people bought records. Yeah, uh, uh, I can't. Was it graduation? It was graduation versus Curtis. But, okay, yeah. I just remember the singles, which was you know, um, Ayo Teji and um, can't tell me nothing. And stronger. And stronger too. Yeah. Ah oh, man, good times, good times, mm-hmm. good Kanye. So, the albums top two hundred. Number one, debuting at number one, because the other one, they, they still had to count it first, because it, it came out a week ago. Uh, number one this week is Donda, debuting at number one. Number two, debuting at number two, If I Can't Have Love, I Want Power by Halsey. I didn't know she had a new album until, uh, I mean, someone just told me, but. Apparently yeah. she's gathered a lot of criticism for the uh for the album cover in which she, she was pregnant. But the one I see here is she has the baby. So either way, she got criticism. Why do I we think care? people people are I, I feel like people just look for a reason to criticize Halsey. I'm not sure why, but I that's just something that I see. Maybe because she broke up with G Easy? I don't know. <laughs> did she date G Easy? Yeah, they dated. Oh, I didn't know. I didn't yeah. know they did a song together. Yeah, without you is about him. <laughs> Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so he do drugs. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, number three, Sour by Olivia Rodrigo. Uh, it was number one last week. Number four, Planet Her by Doja Cat. Number five, Fuck Love by The Kid Leroy. Number six, <laughs> he's still hanging around. Dangerous, the double album <sighs> by Morgan Wallen. Number seven, Happier Than Ever by Billie Eilish. Not getting good reviews from her fans. She she got a regular color of her hair now, <laughs> so she all, she got an Austin Diddy and she sold out. There you go, blonde sellout. <laughs> <laughs> Number eight, Soulfly by Rod Wave. 
Number nine, Trip at Night by Trippy Red. And number 10, We Love You Tekka 2 by Lil Tekka. Uh, also coming out this week, One Republic has a new album. They're number 11. It's called Human. Uh, let's see what other debuts. I've never heard of Turnstile. I'm not that familiar with Churches. Oh, they're like indie pop. Uh, debuting at number 45, <clears throat> Heartland by Nelly. Oh, how the mighty have fallen. Country grammar was a long time yeah. ago, and so was Nellyville. Yeah. Hey, you know, what does it take to be number one, you know? <laughs> yeah, I guess you don't know anymore. <laughs> or as Kanye would say, I guess we'll never know. <laughs> what was the second? Like, two is not a winner, and three, nobody Nobody remembers. remembers. Yeah. Nobody remembers 45. Yeah, I was going to say, what happened to that? <laughs> Uh, let's look at the Artist 100, number one, new album, high-charting songs, Kanye West. Is he back? Has America forgiven Kanye? <sighs> I think there are a lot of, there are a lot of black people who don't want to, like, re- no matter what happens, they'll never forgive him. And then there are people who will always support him. And, no matter what. Uh, they're not all from Chicago. A lot of them are, but they're not all from Chicago who will like, I will support him no matter what. Or I've forgiven him, at least. Uh, Number two, unranked last week, Halsey. All right. Uh, Number three, (laughs) BTS, number three, Olivia Rodrigo, number four. At number five, Doja Cat, number six, The Weeknd, number seven, The Nicest Man in Country. He, Question mark. He's not putting out records. Like, what is he? What's the last album or song he put out? It's got to be off of touring, or just because he like touring? he's well, fun. I don't know. I have no clue what he does. Based on who his audience probably is, but yeah, he, he like you never see him on the charts. You, just, but he's like it's like he stays right there in that seven to eight yeah. range. <laughs> like every week, it's like seven or eight. Like. <laughs> Um, number eight, Ed Sheeran. Number nine, Billie Eilish. And number 10, Dua Lipa. She hasn't put out any music either, and she still hangs around. Yeah, she's still, well, I mean, she rode high on Future Nostalgia and now off of Levitating. So I'm, I'm waiting for that it's the follow-up. the same album. Yeah. And it doesn't, it doesn't feel like it, though, because it came out so, you know, Future Nostalgia is a very old album. Like she's she's future love sex sounding this thing man like she is she is she letting might be this thing Michael Jackson bad this yeah thing. like just letting that thing <laughs> just let it ride like let it ride we might see another single who knows but like I mean I'm waiting on the follow up but then again it's kind of like man how do you follow up what was one of the best pop albums of the year like how do you that's a scary task man get them writers you know yeah get, um, get them in the studio. So that'll do it for our music news. Um, ben, why don't you tell us about your earworm of the week? Uh, so I was looking for a cover of Balamos by Enrique Iglesias and um, didn't find one. However, I uh, found this band called Solido, who has a song called Balamos. Good song also. But then there's another song called Telvez. Um, they're a Mexican band. I think they're like Tex-Mex. It's got that traditional kind of Mexican music sound, um, which I didn't realize this until I took a music history class, heavily influenced by polka. (laughs) 
German polka. I hear it now. Yeah, very heavily <laughs> influenced. I don't know where the influence came from, but when you hear it, you'll get it. <laughs> um, and this one's called Telvez. And honestly, had I heard this, I probably would have been like, play this at my wedding. Like, it's a really kind of chill, nice kind of a dance song. Yeah, you could. It's probably played at a lot of um, weddings south of the border. I wouldn't be surprised because they're pretty popular. I looked them up. Um, they're pretty popular down there. All right. So, get it queued up here. This is Tautvez by Salido, and we'll be right back. arrancarte para siempre tal vez me duerma y no vuelva a soñarte quizás nunca más te extrañe tal vez la soledad te borre de mi mente Todo este amor que aquí me dejas De repente se me pierda Quizás en otros brazos haya alivio Quizás vuelva a latir mi corazón Tal vez, tal vez Salvez by Solito from their album Welve. And you can find that on our BTT YHT Earworms playlist right now. All right. So we started the we started this episode with the song um, Walk Away, parenthesis, Remember Me. <laughs> By Paula Deanda, 
featuring the day, D E Y. That's what it is. I was like, like the Babyface album, but no, okay. <laughs> D E Y. So who day is? Who day? <laughs> so we will be discussing. Uh, we'll be giving. Uh, uh, well, this will be another installment of Because Five. One hit wonders of 2007. So, um, for those who are not familiar, because five, we uh, we pick five. Why? Because five. five. We have two honorable mentions, just as an excuse to play more music. <laughs> so we're gonna start with uh, our first honorable mention. Uh, actually, I think Ben and I have the same mm-hmm. first honorable mention. Uh, why don't you introduce it, Ben? Uh, D A N C E, not the, not the band with that Jonas brother. No, um, this is D A N C E by Justice. Um, Justice. Trying to pull it up. I never know what they're saying at that bar. <laughs> I know they spell dance and then they say one, two, three, four, five. Oh, okay. <laughs> I can never tell. I'm just like, just say humming. <laughs> uh, what I wanted to do here was also pull up the video while we talk about it. It's an interesting video, right? Yeah. There we go. There we go. Video here. There we go. Uh, if you can see it, this is the precursor to the lyric video. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I remember when this song came out, uh, I saw the video on MTV2. Of yep, course. yep. Major on MTV2. Um, I think I downloaded the album on Aries. Did you say Aries? Aries? As in like the oh man, so many. So, God, somebody said Napster today, and someone in the comments, "What's Napster?" And the person had to make a second video explaining. So, they definitely wouldn't know what Aries is. <laughs> so oh, yeah, man. Um, uh, and I remember this being part of um, <laughs> uh, like group warm ups with with doing shows at at West Georgia. Um, oh, for real? Yeah. Okay. The, like one to try is like we do we play some music and then we do some kind of movement and then try to get every, and then get everyone else to copy that movement okay and then have it flow into another movement yeah I'm, I remember like I I picked I picked this song and another one of their songs okay yeah uh, and I just yeah. like so kind of like you I remember seeing this song MTV two. And the video, I remember, like, having, like, black and white, having dancing, like, scenes of dancing in it from throughout history. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if the person who did the History of Dance video might have gotten the idea from the video. Because I feel like that got popular a little bit later on. But, yeah, this song's just, it's a fun song. It, it really makes you think of the band Alphabet. Mm-hmm. Um, and their song, Go Go. But, yeah, that's, I just, all of that stuff that was coming out around that time. 
in the in the late 2000s, early 2010s, um, where as we've said before, disco didn't die over in France. Where they're from France, it didn't die in Europe. Just died here. Over there, it's just evolved. Yeah. Um, now into you know hearing future nostalgia, but like it was a lot of kind of dance music, high energy dance music. Um, almost kind of like a form. It just kind of morphed into a form of EDM, whereas you know. Really cool bassline, but a lot more in, um, electronic instruments. Sense, more sense because synth was still big then, but you don't hear as much string. More sense string, um, not real drums anymore. More drum machines. Yeah. Um, apparently, the 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 two guys were huge Michael Jackson fans, mm-hmm. so this song is actually dedicated to him. Nice. And they reference many of his songs. And um, yeah, so it was also it was nominated for video of the year at the VMAs and it won at the EMAs, which is the MTV Europe Music Awards. You ever watched that before? No, I haven't. Yeah, it's a little weird. Let me stop. It's it's basically like the one here. <laughs> <laughs> um, So, yeah, it has been remixed by. Uh, Wale has a there's a remix of he remixed the song yeah I've heard a couple of remixes to it Um, so that was our honorable mention for both of us mm-hmm. so Ben uh, your second honorable mention alright so this is um, Elliot Yamin Wait For You Um, he was he was on American Idol did not win but as it goes, typically, unless your name is Kelly Clarkson, you typically do better if you don't win. So um, you get to kind of control your career a little bit more. Um, and he came out with this one and it's, you know, he's a he's a white dude, but he don't sound like white. You know, he got, you know, this is Aura NB. He got that. Um, oh, what did they say to Chris? He had a white boy flair. That's what they called it once. <laughs> just, just a group of black people sitting around, and like one of them, you can tell like one of them, he had a lot of money, and he's like, oh yeah, man, he's got like you know, he's got that white boy flair. And Chris and I just looked at each other like, because he raps. Like, <laughs> is that what that means? Like he raps. His parents are a little baggy. <laughs> But no, yeah, this is this is a this is this is a banger. Um, I do sometimes wonder because you hear about this sometimes where it's like, oh, this song was written for this person, or it was written for this person. I wonder who this song was originally written for, or did he write it himself? Um, let's see, let's see here. Actually, it was a, it was Stargate. I should have known oh, with yep, that clap yep. snare. I should have known. Yep, and now I hear it. Yeah. <laughs> Which uh, makes me wonder then if it was probably written for <sighs> Neo. Think. Neo is the first person that came to my mind, or Frankie J. Oh, I, 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 I hear I Frankie J. Possibly, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah. And he was big around this time. <laughs> yeah. So I could I could totally hear that. Yeah. But they were like, "No, we'll give it to that kid from American Idol." <laughs> Um, but yeah, this is one of those songs. So, I mean, to give a little bit of context, because I feel like we normally do, 2007, at least for me, was the last year I was in school. I graduated that fall. When did you, did you graduate? Like, like 2009. A, 2009, okay. So yeah, so a lot of these songs remind me of 
you know, the end of that coming to an end. Because um, this was, oh God, when did this come out? So it came out in spring. So I didn't, I wasn't quite um, in my simping phase. Um, I had a, I had a couple of simping phases and there's a little bit of a simping phase at the end of the year. I'm not going to talk about unless a song that reminds me that comes up. But anyway, oh yeah, there is a simping song in here. I'll talk about that then. Um, <laughs> but yeah, this, yeah, just a lot of good vibes. I know Chris was a big fan of this song. Um, I think we tried to add it to a token white set list at one point, but I just don't think we were sure how it would work out. So, yeah. So this song, um, charted at number 13 and it ended the year at number 41 as far as, uh, their, of the entire year. Yeah. Um, okay. This guy described it as R. Kelly-esque verses. Yeah. I don't know if I feel that way. It really feels more like, I don't know. I don't know. God, that, that, I can't, now that I hear that clap snare, that clap snare was everywhere back then, dude. Yeah. God. <laughs> Cause I remember they, in FL studio, when they got, they put it, they put it in there. Like, yo, you gotta have it everywhere. Like, yeah, you gotta. And what makes this a one hit wonder for all the Elliot Yamin fans out there? This is the only song that charted on the Hot 100. He had one other song called Fight for, for Fight for Love that charted at number 80 on the U.S. pop charts. Never uh, heard of it. Doesn't count. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Let me not be mean. But no, for real, like this is in his biography. <laughs> this is what will be mentioned. Yeah. So Wait for You by Elliot, you mean? Um, I was trying to pull up the video for my second honorable mention, but I, I, it won't play. So we'll have to play it from here. Um, there's a dance question mark that went <laughs> to this song. And um, <laughs> it, it, I just had the feeling like, we're never going to hear a hit song from this guy ever again, <laughs> despite who he is associated with. And despite um, him being part of a versus uh, recently in recent weeks, uh, this is Jim Jones. I didn't know there was a dance with this. Well, yeah, well, it's just like shooting the imaginary jumper. Oh, oh okay. Okay. <laughs> So, <laughs> I don't know any of the lyrics, like as far as the verses of the song. I just know that. Everyone knows the chorus. Oh, like, like no one, no one cares about the rest of the song. They just want to get to the part where he says ball. And it's not on every line. In the chorus, it's not on every line. No, it's not, but everyone puts it. should have been. Yeah. It was it was clearly the hook. <laughs> <It was. laughs> I didn't know he was a part of the diplomats. Part of yeah. said I didn't know that. So uh, this they is... all did better than him. <laughs> oh jeez, that's I guess in every group though you've got that one person that's just like. Mm-mm. I mean, you think everybody gets one, you know? Yeah. Even the Fugees, you know. Lauren Hill has a hit album. 
Yeah. Wyclef has a hit album or maybe a couple. Yeah. Prize, he got one song. Yeah, he got one. And it was, I felt like I didn't, I, you know what? I never looked to see who wrote it and produced it, but I kind of felt like it was Wyclef just be like, all right, man, here, just <laughs> take it. Like, <laughs> um, <laughs> with this song, it's the, um, this is from his third album. <laughs> his third solo album? Oh, God. Hustler's Poem, or Hustler's P O M E, which stands for Product of My Environment. Um, on the Hot 100, it went to number five. On the Hot Rap Songs, number one. Hot R&B Hip Hop Songs, or AKA the Black Singles, it was number four. Uh, lots of remixes. Um, there's Jay Z used it for a diss song against Jim Jones. Um, it's gotta be embarrassing. There's the New York Giants remix because I think um, this is the the Giants won the Super Bowl 2007 when Michael Strahan got a sack. How could I forget? He did the ball in celebration. Uh, there's a reggaeton remix. There's a New Orleans remix with Lil Wayne. There's a Cassidy remix. Yeah, Cassidy, huh? <sighs> but as I said, Jay Z made a diss song. Uh, maybe at this time, I don't know if I don't know what the beef was exactly. But Jay Z used the same Brooke. beef, <laughs> and instead of saying "ballin," he said "Brooklyn." Oh God, that's funny. And that might have been the end. I don't know. Did Jay Z in in the career of Jim Jones? Maybe. Would Jay Z say he did that though? Would Jay Z admit that? Nah. It might well maybe in his memoirs later. I don't know. I, don't know. I feel like now he'd be like, he's a, I'm above that hove, you know, like. Um. So yeah. <laughs> I remember hearing this in whatever that club is called now, whether it was Z's or Spyro Gyro. Or oh, um, it, yeah, it had a lot of names. Yeah, and for some reason they started selling buffalo burgers and like there's yeah they're like the only place in Carrollton that did that. So it's like yeah we got that <laughs> buffalo <laughs> Buff- <laughs> bars. Like oh man, ah oh, god that yeah he should have he should have just should have just been three and a half minutes if I'm saying balling. <laughs> Oh man, bowling! All right. Um, so that was my second honorable mention. Your number five. All right. So this was uh, I wrestled with this one. Um, this it's by the Shop Boys. Um, it's called Party Like a Rockstar, and I think what some people might forget, or maybe they choose to forget, is that. There was like I felt like it was maybe a period of like seven or eight months where they re- people really tried to make crunk rock a thing. Like yeah. you had this song and you had that "Let's Go." Yeah. With um, Lil John and Trick Daddy, where they they sampled the uh, Crazy Train riff. They sampled Crazy Train. This was like was this an interpolation of Crazy Train? I don't know. I don't know, but um, yeah, like. Crunk Rock tried to be a thing, and and I just it didn't. But I mean, like that just kind of lets you know 
like how how record companies work and how they'll operate like this is considered rap rock yeah they're 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 trying their record companies will try anything people um if they think that you will buy it they'll try anything this is clearly them stabbing in the dark shop boys were yet another casualty of the crunk era um where they got the one song and i mean that was it like it was and it was this was a popular song people like this is a very popular song um you could kind of say it was kind of making fun of white people when they say they're totally dude like they're you know white boy wasted maybe i don't know (laughs) i feel like this was a song they tried to make about uh about rock music about how they enjoy rock music but they didn't know any white people yeah exactly okay yeah that's it yeah it's kind of like making a biopic without black people like about like you know a black person without like we're not gonna hire any black people we're just gonna make it like we're gonna make a rock song and not get anyone who knows anything about rock <laughs> like at this all is, this is the equivalent i think we talked about it on the on a old episode where uh there was going to be before the movie harriet was made oh yeah julia just, roberts julia roberts is harriet tubman oh god yeah, this, this is, is the equivalent yeah. of that. Yeah, they just had some guy come in and like play some stuff, and they didn't tell him what he was playing on. <laughs> yeah, this was, and the only reason yeah. why they probably thought about making this a a rock song is because of the guitar riff. Yeah, guitars make it rock, basically. Like it's got that, <laughs> ca- 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 ca, you know, <laughs> or does it degent? Like. <laughs> That's the whole thing, but no, yeah, that's it. Just, I mean, it's a fun, it's a fun song though. Like, I remember being in college and and being at bars and hearing the song come on, and everybody loved it. Like, it genuinely got everybody going because like everybody wants to, you know, you want to part like a rock star. I think this was probably around the time too that Rockstar by Nickelback was big, mm. and everybody wanted to be like that was the thing. You had the people wearing belt buckles, aviator glasses. It was, you know, this was probably the last time it was cool to be a rock star because now it's not cool to be a rock star. Um, I remember because I, I saw that I saw the uh, if anyone listens to uh, Comedy Trap House podcast or follows Dormtainment, uh, Dormtainment was in the video for the song. I remember you told me that. Yeah, they were they they came up with the dance when the song came out. They found out where the video is being shot. They showed up. <laughs> they they auditioned by doing the dance. They're like, okay, we can use that. And but they put them all in like kiss makeup, and then they did the dance. <laughs> um. So yeah, this song uh charted um on the Hot 100. It went to number two. Yeah, it was it was out there. Like I remember, I mean, I I remember seeing bands cover this song. Like it was one of those. You know, because in bars, and this is something that I found out about how certain bars have, I guess, a music code where you can't play, you know, a certain amount of rap. This is one of those songs that was getting played. Yeah. It it was a, it was a genuine, bona fide crossover. And it was, back then, that was something to see because it didn't have as many because, you know, before this, rap rock was solely controlled by white bands, by white people. Like, you know, bands like... Limp Biscuit, Rage Against Machine, Faith No More, the Red Hot Chili Peppers. And now you've got like, you know, what outside of um oh God, the band from it, Stuck Mojo, who had, you know, a black singer, and maybe Head P. E. 
you know, mm-hmm. but, you know, those two bands never really achieved the success of, you know, these other bands. So for this song is, you know, that was, it was just interesting to see. It was interesting to see. Shout out though to, to, um, Stuck Mojo, who is from Atlanta, um, and Head PE. I think they're from Huntington, but both had, you know, legit black dudes rapping their music, <laughs> singing their music. It's just, it was, it was cool to see. It's cool to see. Yeah. Um, I remember, I think this was a time, or maybe it was a little bit before, a lot of black dudes became uh, very interested in belt buckles. Yeah, yeah. I almost went there. I mean, I had the trucker hat. Um, Not for lack of trying, because once again, broke a college kid, so I did not have any belt buckles, but I did try. But they were expensive. Uh, (laughs) What made this song really, really dated, just hearing it again? They're them referencing the Osbournes as far as when it was yeah. a reality TV show. Yeah, man. So and this might have been right before um, you need a rock cover of your rap song. Get Travis Barker to play drums over it. Oh, yeah. That's all. That's all he does now. It's like he is just like, who needs Blink-182? I'll just do that. <laughs> <laughs> I've got my cred. Um Side note, I wonder how many Gen Zers know that Ozzy Osbourne's a singer. <laughs> that like, yeah, that dude who's like walking around all confused. Yeah, he's a he is a living metal icon legend. Kind of like Ice Cube is a <laughs> he's a rap legend. Like, do they even know? Like they like they've probably heard Black Sabbath. They're like, oh yeah, that's Ozzy singing. Like, like Sharon Ozzy. Like, yeah, that's him singing War Pigs. Like, what? No way. Stop lying! Like they have to look it up. Like they just don't believe it. <laughs> um, so uh, that was your number five. Yeah. Okay, so my number five. Uh, just gonna play it because it reminds us of a certain time. I'm nice right now, man. I feel good. Oh man. If you have a drink, would you please put it in the air? Yep. That party last night was awfully crazy. So if you saw our um on our Instagram previewing this episode, uh this song was used. Was that him in that shirt? Yeah. Oh, okay, I thought so. Oh yeah. So this is Asher Roth, I Love College, from his album Asleep in the Bread Isle. <laughs> Uh-oh. What? Uh-oh, I think I messed this up. This song was released in 2009. I, so I saw that, but how? Because this came out when we were in college. Yeah. This, that has I'm, to be a I'm mistake. I'm a little confused. That has to be a mistake. Maybe it came out before... Because we were in college living in River Place when this came out. Yeah. Yeah. That has to be a mistake. Maybe it was a re-release and we heard it like early or something. I don't it, know. It had to. Yeah. This came out when we were in college. And I graduated in 07 and didn't look back. <laughs> that's what, that's, yeah. Okay. But either way, I'm going to leave it. I'm going to leave it. Yes. No. <laughs> um, so uh, he went to Westchester University, which is in Pennsylvania. Uh, makes the regular frat boy things in the references regular frat boy things in the song. Ben's drinking, smoking weed, playing strip poker, playing beer pong. 
and something called pie, which is just putting the, you know, the pie in someone's face. Mm-hmm. Um, this was on the Hot 100. It reached number 12. Um, on the Hot Rap Songs, number 18. Um, so this is what happened. You, if people wanted to know what happened to Asher Roth. Uh, because you probably heard a couple of other songs. I've heard him. I've heard him on some really good stuff, to where it made me kind of think he's holding back on this song. Oh, he definitely held back on yeah. this song compared to his other stuff. Yeah, this is the, you know, in a way Eminem making my name is. He just never had another chance, <laughs> <laughs> right? Because I think at this, uh, the this and this is what happened. Speaking of Eminem, it was. You know how we talked about how the any white small forward who comes to the NBA is compared mm-hmm. to Larry Bird. Any white rapper coming around since 1999. Eminem. Yeah. Regardless of how they actually rap. Or even what they rap about. Or what they rap about. <laughs> or even what they look like. If they're white. Yeah. Compared to Eminem. Yeah. That's what he fell into. He even had to make a song called As I Am, which is basically like, stop comparing me to Eminem. <laughs> <laughs> and that didn't help. Mm. Uh, but he's actually a good rapper. He's yeah. actually pretty good. But yeah, like I've heard I said, him on some. There was some song that was on. I think it was started out on College Hoops, and then I think they recycled it on a Two K song. And like it's oh, the song is weird. Like the guy who's singing sounds like, um, I don't maybe Danzig. I can't remember. But then like he comes in with a verse, and I was like, is that? I had to look. I was like, is that Asher Roth? Like. Dude, I was like, Asheroth can flow, like, but you would have never known because he's he's just he's making a song, you know, which is something that um, God, what was Terrence Howard's character's name? DJ could have, yeah. that's what DJ had learned. <laughs> Prim Prim has done a video on him, by the way, on that movie, and it was it's, it's really good, man. When he did that, tell me you dropped him, man. <laughs> tell me you just fell out your jacket, man. Where's Eric when you need him? <laughs> Tell him this about your jacket, man. Um, oh, God. Oh, man. All right, so we're at um, your number four. <clears throat> all right, let me pull my list back up. My number four is, oh, yeah, Red Jumpsuit Apparatus. Weirdest name ever. Todd in the Shadows did a review on this song. It was, it was kind of funny, but... Um, here, here's the musician to me again. Um, I love the drums on this song. I love that snare. It pops. I love the way they start out with it. Um, I don't care for the bridge. It's a little weird, but um, this is a fun song. I don't really know the words as much because I just I'm normally listening to the production on it. Love the drums. Love the guitar tone. I think the vocals sound pretty good. It's it's a very well-produced pop-punk emo-esque song, um, which the this production style and sound, overall sound, was really like what the sound was at this time, especially like when you hear the... the like, that was all over emo songs back then. Um, hell, even if you go back and listen to Paramore's first album, they do it. Like, it's, it's just the emo thing to do, but it checks all the boxes and it became a hit. And it's about domestic violence, which really just kind of makes it even heavier. Um, yeah, so it's got this like you know this kind of catchy hook, and it's just like you're singing about this really dark stuff. 
as you're just kind of like bopping along like so yeah but yeah just i like i like the song it's a really fun song very upbeat this sounds great written by the lead singer ronnie winter he said the lyrics are deeply personal and he wanted to help kids who are in similar situations cope yeah apparently they were i can't remember if they were christian before or christian after but like they don't they became like very religious essentially yeah but yeah he made the song to help people cope which is a very you know admirable thing to do you know because let's be honest how many songs are out there in the mainstream about this sort of thing normally you just get songs about um getting cheated on or cheating on someone or longing for someone that you can't have you know so uh even the hair the hair Oh yeah, they got the the the. The swoop. Yeah, yeah, it's so everything about them is emo. Like I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it, because I'm trying to remember the video if they swung the guitar around, like story <laughs> of the year. I, I forgot Paramore did it in there, and um, if you watch the video for Pressure, they do the guitar swing and then they do the barrel rolls, where like one guy, the first guitar player, kind of goes low, and the other guy rolls over him. That's a very popular thing to do in those emo shows back then. Um, I thought about trying that, but I was like, nah, I'm too heavy. I'm too, I'm too heavy. That wouldn't work. And I'm not dropping this guitar. I can't, I can't afford another one. Not to mention, Les Pauls are much heavier than PRSs. I'm not even saying that as an insult. I held one of Matt's, like back when he was playing with us, I held his guitar and I was like, geez, this is actually kind of light. Versus Les Pauls, which are, are traditionally just heavier guitars are made with a ton of wood. Um, and I don't even think, I even play a particularly heavy one. I held the Zach Wild um, Les Paul with the two EMG pickups, which feel like solid, just like bars of steel. And that guitar felt like it weighed a good 10 pounds. Like it was so heavy. But Zach Wild's a big dude, but like, yeah, Les Pauls are just heavy. If For my, you know, eating budding guitar players out there. All right, we'll get to, uh, that was your number four. Mm-hmm. My number four is actually also Party Like a Rockstar. We already talked about it. Totally, dude. Totally, dude. I think they had already stopped saying totally, dude. By the time that song came out. They had stopped saying it for like 15 years. Yeah, it felt like a pastiche. Like you said, they made it without consulting. Like, hey, is this still popular? They were like, nah, man, we don't really say that anymore. See, there was a potential. If you made, if, if it turned into a comment, a social commentary, <laughs> it could have been, it had, could have had a much bigger impact. And then you got black people out there thinking white folks still talk like that. Like, like, yeah, they say things like totally dude. And they eat mayonnaise sandwiches. Yeah. And it's like, no, we don't talk like that. <laughs> but the shop boys said you do. <laughs> <laughs> the song. Let me stop. All right. <laughs> So uh, number three, you're number three. <clears throat> so this is one that um, <clears throat> was just a big rock hit. Um, it's called uh, Broken Again. It's by a band called Another Animal. And I remember when it came out, a lot of people thought it was going to be they were going to be bigger than they were because it had um, it was a super group. Essentially, it had uh, oh God, Tony from Godsmack and a few other people. I, I can't remember who. Let me let me look this up. Um, very simple song, not a ton of chord changes, but it just, it kind of has that like Alice in Chains kind of feel to it. 
which makes sense because Tony Rumb- Tony Rumbala, I think that's how you say his name, Tony Rumbala, guitar player from Godsmack. Godsmack is the name of a um, is the name of an Allison Chain song, which is about heroin. So I can kind of imagine, even though really listening to Godsmack, they kind of sounded more like a Metallica ripoff at times, more than an Allison Chains send up. But this reminds me of like some earlier Allison Chains. Um, and I imagine this was Tony being like, I finally get to do what I really want to do. Um, but yeah, um, let's see who is in another animal. Yeah, I've never even heard the band Dropbox. So yeah, Tony was in the band with Phil Crane, Shannon Larkin, Robbie Merrill. Like, so I don't even know who these people are. Okay, so with Phil Crane was from the band Ugly Kid Joe, which is essentially a one-hit wonder. Um, Tony Rambala, of course, is from Godsmack. Um, James Larkin, James Shannon Larkin is the drummer for Godsmack. Um, since 2002, he's not the original drummer. And then Robbie Merrill, um, is also in Godsmack. So essentially it's Godsmack with a different singer is what it sounds like. (laughs) (laughs) So they're like Alter Bridge, but less successful, I guess. (laughs) So, yeah. Because at this point, I feel like, well, at least in the rock scene, more people, Alter Bridge is more respected than Creed. But in the mainstream, more people know Creed because Creed was of that era one of the biggest bands in the world at that point like everyone i did not realize how many people knew my sacrifice like i i thought higher was the bigger song oh no 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 my sacrifice everybody know that song so i don't think i don't think there's really any way alter bridge was going to be bigger um another animal was a great band but i just i don't know i guess i thought they'd be bigger i didn't think they'd be as big or bigger than godsmack i just thought they'd be bigger and I thought this was kind of a solid start to it but I don't know it seemed like they just kind of gave up (laughs) but then again I mean like I think this is also around the time right after this is when Godsmack got really really busy again and started coming out with some more songs um I think like Crying Like a Bitch came out and Sex Love Pain came out like they just started putting out more stuff and probably didn't have the time yeah so like only thing I can think of all right, that is another animal broken again. All right, I feel like I messed up again, but I swear I heard this song when we were in college. Like you were still, you were still there too. So I'm just gonna keep it, own it. So this is uh, Pop Champagne. I don't even. I don't think I know this song. This is Ron Browse and Jim Jones. Ron oh, you Browse. did play this for me. Okay. The uh, yes, auto tune. A lot of auto tune. Jeez. Thanks a lot, Cher. <laughs> now, the thing is with with Ron Browse, he's a producer. He was a producer. He was trying to be a producer and be an artist similar mm-hmm. to Kanye. Similar to Kanye's path, at least. Yeah. Um, well, he's definitely got the hand drums in there. He um, he initially called himself Ether Boy because he produced Nas's Ether during mm. the Nas Jay Z beef. Um, 
and he he tried to write that as long as he could because he also had his own imprint called Ether Boy Records. Yikes. That's funny. <laughs> it just doesn't sound like this was going to go well. No, this sounds very um, gimmicky. This song does feature Jim Jones. Not uh, I was going to, I, I asked a couple of people for a ruling. Like, if I call Jim Jones a one hit wonder, does Pop Champagne disqualify him from being a one hit wonder? They all said no. <laughs> it ain't his song. <laughs> Which is funny, though, because he was probably put on this to help. Well, it, this, the the original of the the, the 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 version with Jim Jones and Joel Santana, which is what you're hearing, is a remix. Mm-hmm. Both members of the Dipset. So uh, this is this is I I look at it. This is Ron Brown's song. This mm-hmm. is his song. Uh, Blackberry two ways. <laughs> Woo. Dated the Let's, dated oh, the man. datedness of all this. He's 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 like me, throwing on all these references that will be bad, and one day I'll let y'all hear that song because I threw a lot of references in there that no, just would. They don't need to hear that song. You just be like, what? What? Out, huh? Outside of me and Ben and Chris, only Eric has heard that song. We don't need anyone yeah. else to hear I'm almost ashamed that Eric heard it. <laughs> like, I was just joking, man. I didn't really think I was good. <laughs> just kidding. It was just like a goof. <laughs> Damn, Eric probably looking at me like pathetic. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> uh, this was um, went to number 22 on the Hot 100, number three on the Black Singles chart. Uh, and uh, in the video there's Dame Dash, there's Busta Rhymes Mike Epps is in the video Um, and if you ever seen the meme of a guy who's like doing this dance and he has a folding chair and then he puts the folding chair down Mm -hmm. as if like uh, if someone's like arguing in the comments somewhere on social media uh and they use that gif it comes from this video that's funny yeah so, um, that was my number three. So number three. Your number two. Number is- two is a simping song. Hope y'all ready. Um, and now, actually, now that I'm thinking about it too, I think I might have made a mistake with this with the number one song, but we're going to roll with it. Because 2007 was hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we might skip to 2009. For the next time yeah. we do this oh no it says 07 okay um so yeah so this song simping song story time so um uh vh1 all-star oh this is oh god this is definitely vh1 all-star mm. and actually it's a fairly decent album i've been checking it out um but um still in school of course when this came out and i was a music minor so being a music minor i think i've mentioned this before you got keys to the practice room and um, what did Ben like to do back then? Ben would like to invite a girl to the practice room and, oh, I can. you want to hear me play piano and sing? Yeah, I did that because I was a simp. What else I was going to do? So this song was popular. And um, uh, it is it, a girl who will remain nameless. She was pretty hot. I had no chance. But um, she mentioned that she liked this song. And I was like, oh, I know how to play that song. You want to hear it? And it was like, yeah, I'd love to hear it. 
So I went to the practice room, got on that grand piano, and hit that that um that doom de doom de doom de doom de doom de doom. Oh my god! Yeah, nothing happened, of course, because you know I'm a simp. Um, but it was it was cool. Um, I really really liked this song. Now this is hipster Ben coming in. Um, I don't like this version. <laughs> There's a version that they did without all the strings and stuff. Um, I'm assuming it was probably like before they, you know, went and worked with a good producer and made it better. I mean, I've learned to appreciate it, but um, the version they did before the guitar was a little dirtier. Um, I don't know. It's just it's just different. If you hear them, you yeah, they didn't do this either. Like the kind of jangly arpeggiated guitar part that comes in. It wasn't like that. It was a very you could tell they just didn't have all the production value. And maybe not even the production value, but the ear to do it, you know, because essentially you're, you're layering guitars. You got to, you know, you got to have a studio that can do that. And this is back in 2007 and we had not made all the advances that we made. <laughs> so, you know, recording at home is very easy now. Back then it was not. I can attest to that. I was trying to do it. Um, but yeah, it's a really good song. It's fun. It's kind of one of those songs that just makes you kind of think about growing up, you know? Um, almost liken it to the Childish Gambino song Oakland. You know, it, it's that it's that song that's about like growing up, growing apart, the feelings that you might get. You know, it, it just makes me think about that. So, yeah, and I think that's why I liked it because I mean, essentially, I was going to the end of my college career. I was I was having to grow up. Maybe that's why it spoke to me. I don't know. Um, yeah, I just I just remember this song being on VH1 a lot, and um, uh, it, this went to number 34 in the Hot 100. This was uh, featured on One Tree Hill, of course, of course, yeah, and Scrubs, and The Big Bang Theory. Uh, yeah. It was actually originally produced in 2003. Which is probably the version that I heard for so long. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's, it's very, it's very, um, it's very minimalistic. Like, I mean, you've still got, a, you've got piano, electric guitar, bass, and drums, but like, not, there's not a lot that's double tracked. Like, the guitar is not double tracked, and at most, I mean, it might be a fuzz pedal, not a distortion pedal, which fuzz and distortion are going to be a little bit different. The fuzz is going to sound rougher. Than, than a distortion pedal. Essentially, essentially, I guess to really kind of paint it, fuzz, a lot of bands in the 70s used fuzz. So like if you've heard anything by Cream, oh, that's, all, that's all fuzz. Eric Clapton's playing fuzz. All right, so that was your number two. Dos. So si. my number two, I'm just going to play it. If you're looking on Twitch, you'd already see it. <laughs> I used to think about immature things. You know, like, do you love me? Do you want me? Are you gonna call me like you said you would? Is this really your real phone number? So this is Throw Some Bees 
by Rich Boy. And I think for a second I was like, Rich Boy selling it, all the maters want to check. Tight, no slick, just bought a Cadillac. Put some D's on that, on that, just bought a Cadillac. Put some D's on that, on that, just bought a Cadillac. It samples the song I Call Your Name by Switch, uh, which is also refer to switch as pre-debarge because they had one of them um produced by uh but i don't know if that's from butter and biscuit but polo the don is a co-producer on this song um rich boy is where's he from he's from from mobile alabama so this is when <laughs> I feel like this is a time where, okay, this is when Atlanta is starting to come up, right? Yeah. But some people thought, you know, if we just go to these other southern states. Yep. Go to Alabama, you find Rich Boy. Mm-hmm. Go to Mississippi, there's David Banner. David. Oh, man, I forgot about <laughs> David. Did you have Mississippi the album? Yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> because you know, Cash Money and, and No Limit, that's in New uh Yeah, New they Orleans, had Louisiana. So they already lock. got Louisiana. Yeah. Somebody somebody was thinking like we need to go to these other two states. Yeah. <laughs> in the South. Funny enough too, um if I remember correctly, um 36 Mafia started getting started having a little bit more success as well cuz I mean they were I thought like they were kind of underground rap legends and then like Stay Fly came out and people are like, "Yeah, see Tennessee." Like you just you just find a southern state. Trick Daddy was already big, but That's a good I never thought about. It. That's a good point. Just go to the I mean, south. They're, they're in Tennessee. There's already you know three six. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think. They had Buck. they tried to take they tried to make Lil White something. Yeah, he was signed with them. Yeah, yeah Lil White and was Young <laughs> Dro from the, from their camp as well too. Uh, I thought he was associated with Ti. Okay, he might have been. Yeah, they even extended it out to Paul Wall in Texas. <laughs> yeah, Young Dro associated with Ti. Okay, but there's no. I mean. I don't know if record companies tried to be a little more extensive because they never there's no rapper from Kentucky. I was thinking like Kentucky, Arkansas, West Virginia. Uh Virgi- well, there's plenty from Virginia. Yeah, I was going to say like West Virginia that'd be somewhat meth mouth coming out of West Virginia. <laughs> the Clips and Pharrell and Missy in them. Yeah, from, all from Virginia. But there I don't know a rapper from Kentucky. Y'all let me know. That's that's Bryson Tiller. He's Where's from you? Louisville. Oh. Yeah, Bryson Tiller. From Kentucky. Let me make sure of that. I'm pretty sure Bryson Tiller's from Louisville. That's the only person I can think of, though. And I don't know if he even claims. Um, yeah, he's from Louisville, Kentucky. Yeah. I was the only person I can think of. I was I was thinking like, did Andre three thousand do a re yes yes Andre 2000 is on the official remix of the song it is the last track of the album it is on the official remix with Jim Jones there he is again Nelly Murphy Lee and the game what a time <laughs> uh, there are two rappers from um from Kentucky from West Virginia from West Virginia DJ Coco Chanel Apparently she was on um, Hot 97 and Kiss FM and has worked um, in television. 
being the first DJ to be employed by BET's um, Teen Summit. And then someone named Will Pan, um, a Taiwanese-American singer, songwriter, rapper. And so he's probably not, he's probably rapped like once. And they're like, that's enough. <laughs> he's You're a rapper. A rapper. You, you just, just got to do it once. You're a rapper. That's it. So that's funny. Two total rappers from West Virginia. I don't know who else might be from. Um, I mean, if you are a rapper from Kentucky, are you claiming it with Mitch McConnell and um, that other dude, the um, DA that wouldn't charge the. Oh, uh, yeah. I can't yeah. think of his name. I can't remember his name. He ain't got no lineup. Absolutely none. But I want to see now rappers from Kentucky. <laughs> <laughs> we find out Jack Harlow. What? Jack Harlow's from Kentucky? Oh, no. Come on. Where's Jack Harlow from? He is, is he really from Kentucky? Jackman Harlow? Because that's his, that's, he was, he was born in, he, uh, he's, his origin is Louisville. Louisville. Wow. There's also, uh, well, they count Muhammad Ali. That, no. Static uh, Major? Ruby Rose, Static Major. And they say Bryson Tiller is a rapper. Jack Harlow is from Kentucky. He does not sound like it at all. <laughs> oh, we'll get it, uh, man. His verse on, on Industry Baby was solid. So with uh, Throw Some D's, number six on the Hot 100, uh, number three on the Black Singles. Uh, they changed that name, right? Yeah. Okay. That's, <laughs> That's just, just what so I call funny. It. Just like, I, I like... Yeah, I'm, I'm going to call it the Black Singles. When did they, because they changed it like in the 90s, right? Or is it, because it, it was still that in the 80s, I'm pretty sure. Um, I think in the 80s it still was. Yeah. When Let's people see. talk about, so long ago, like, bruh, after I was okay, born. Okay, it was called the. Uh, at that point, it's probably called Urban. Okay, it was called the Soul Singles. And then in 1982, it was the Black Singles. And then it was the R&B in 1990. And then in 1999, it's officially the hot R&B slash hip-hop singles. So funny they called it. They didn't even try to hide it. Like, but well, who's before, listening? Who? Up until at least 1990, yeah. the black singles. I mean, who, well, who's <laughs> listening to it, huh? I mean, it's the black people. We'll call the oh, black singles. Oh, it had worse names, man. Worse names. Um. Before the soul singles, okay, hot R and B singles. The but ch- the between nineteen forty five and nineteen forty nine, race records. Woo! <laughs> race records. Ladies and gentlemen, race <laughs> records. And and if you, you That hear sounds that made and, up. That sounds so bad. But if you listen to certain um if you if you hear you hear that I've heard that line in certain movies like I think you heard it in Ray and uh, the U.S. versus Billie Holiday, um, I think in the film about Bessie Smith, like with certain songs, uh, oh in Dreamgirls, uh, it was referenced when they said that uh, when he asked who recorded Hound Dog. Mm-hmm. Who's first artist to record Hound Dog? Elvis Presley. No, it was Big Mama Thornton. But radio stations wouldn't play it because they just thought it was another race record. Mm-hmm. And it seemed like, I, and hearing that in other films, race record just sounded like any black person who made a song. Yeah. 
a song, any song. Yeah. Hound Dog could have been literally about a dog. No, it's a race record. It's a race a record. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jeez. So, yeah. Um, <sighs> That's and funny. I know some people might say, well, what about uh, Boy Look at Him? Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I, just, I like the way it starts out. but That uh, was number three on the black singles chart. Um <laughs> <laughs> You gotta call the race record. So, oh, I'm race sorry, records. the race records chart. <laughs> oh god, race records. Uh, on the white singles, and it was on the bubbling under hot 100 singles chart. Oh god. Uh, but that, I mean, it, it wasn't going to be what Throw Some D's became. So, um, what's what's Rich Boy doing now? I think he's still around. I don't know. Probably working at a convenience store in Mobile. I don't know. He last made an album in 2015. And uh, his last single is from 2013. So, uh, well. I mean, depending on how we, how much he made the record company, he might he, owe him. He won the BET Hip Hop Award for Rookie of the Year. That, that sounds like a Tyreek Evans type of honor. <laughs> anyway, um then oh. we're oh, here at number one. How many people will get that reference? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should be more recent and say like Michael, Car- Michael Carter Williams. No, let's go with Tyreek Evans. Tyreek Evans? Let's go with Tyreek Evans because I was disappointed. Um, <laughs> all right. So my number one is a group that I just adore. Um, they went by 78 Violet for a little bit, but now they're they're back to being called Allie and AJ. Um, potential breakup song. Fun song. Fun album, Insomniatic. Um, I, I mean, I don't know if you can say they've matured on this album, <laughs> but they did. It kind of mixed some elements of electronic. Um, still, you know, it still has some songs that use live instruments, but really embraced the electronic thing. Um, they were musicians. I don't know how much they played on this album, but I mean, they would, you know, when they performed, they would both be up front with their guitars and playing and stuff. And I believe in the video at some point you see them in the studio kind of like noodling around. So I, I don't know what they did, if they did anything, but this was still a fun song. And this was like their breakthrough. Um, unfortunately, it was really their last song because everything prior to this was like, like, you know, they had those like breaks in between shows on Disney and they played music videos. They had a couple of songs there that were like, you know, Radio Disney darlings. Um, but this one was the one that broke them through. They had Chemicals React. Which got some play on, um, and I, if you can't tell, I love this band. Chemicals React got some play on TRL, but like nothing charted until this song. Um, and I always felt that like there was some, they wanted profanity in this song. Because I believe they wrote it. And I always felt like there's, they didn't mean to say my stupid birthday. They probably want to throw an F-bomb in there. And then what did they do in the year 2020? They re-released the song with profanity. In all the places where I thought they would drop F-bombs, my God, did they. <laughs> and I was very happy to hear they did that. They, they're like, oh, the explicit version. I'm like, oh, this is great. Like, you know, like this is like the Walmart version now. <laughs> um, so it looks like this was from there until May of this year. They didn't release another album. Yeah, they waited a long time because I think they were trying to get out of the deal with the mouse um, at Hollywood Records. <laughs> yeah, because they had um, 
are really really good like there's a um unreleased album that they did there's like maybe seven or eight tracks of songs that they did were really really good that they just never released i think they probably didn't do it because maybe hollywood records saw how um some of the stuff by miley was doing and and under and just realized like rock music by them by like these teen artists isn't just isn't what it is anymore yeah you know because a lot of them started switching to pop and electronic with more of an r&b hip-hop feel to it or with more of an electronic pop and the album that they did was a straight rock album a good one like a, and when i say good i mean like a very very good one but it just never got released um and then of course they started focusing more on acting ali um if I remember correctly, was in Band Slam and a couple of others. She had another. Was she in Easy A? Mm-mm. Or she might have been. I don't. I've never seen Easy A, so I don't know. But I know that. I think she was. She had. She was in Band Slam where she had like a co-leading road and role. Excuse me. And I think she had a recurring stint on um, the Charlie Sheen show. Two and a half men. Yeah, two and a half men. I think she had a recurring role there. Um, and then. AJ was on some other stuff or Ali. I don't know. I, I get them mixed up, but they were both on shows. Um, finally decided to come back together. They had changed their name to 78 Violet. I, I'm guessing because of like how Dave Chappelle said, you don't own your name. So they probably did not own the name. Ali and AJ change names. I'm guessing things got um, things changed up because they released like an EP called Hot House, which was weird to say the least like it was like this it was this like really weird folk type music hmm. like it, it was not good it was just not good and then they came out with another ep that was more like indie pop kind of like churches kind of like tegan and sarah only a little bit more subdued oh the hot house was at 78 violence. yeah okay. yeah um and then the the one they came out with that had some really good stuff i forget what the name of it was was when they went back to being Ally and AJ and they've been releasing music since. But it's, I mean, it's, it's basically kind of like, um, just like indie pop, more subdued, not as danceable. Um, similar to like, you know, the slowed down tracks from those types of artists like Tegan and Sarah, um, or churches or, um, I'm trying to think of some more. I can't think of them off the top of my head, but you, you, you get what I'm saying. Yeah. Maybe the sound, well, no, the sound is very upbeat. <laughs> sound is very upbeat. What am I saying? Yeah. Uh, charted at number 17 on the Hot 100. Um, okay, on the single, there's the Radio Disney edit. Mm. Yeah, they probably took out even more. I'm telling you, Disney was just like, like getting with me, mm-mm, mm-mm, living free. He and changed. it's been covered by Japanese singer Amy Suzuki. Um Looks like this was six months later, <laughs> six months after their after their release. Pat Boone did <laughs> for the Japanese audience. Uh, let me see if I can find that. Just you got to sing it faster so they can't keep up. <laughs> I always wanted to do a punk version of that song, though. I kind of felt like it had. Um, so like with the bass line was kind of like a walking bass line reminded me of. Um, the verses to Longview by Green Day. Mm-hmm. I was like, you could probably do a little bit of that. I don't know. Like, I just felt like it could have been a good punk cover because you could really the verse, the chorus really kind of opens up a bit, and you could probably do something with it. But yeah, I never did it. 
Um, okay, well, that Amy Suzuki's version isn't on Spotify. Mm-hmm. I just don't hear how it sounds because it's been classified as J-pop slash house. Interesting. Okay, okay. Uh, give me just a second to pull it up. We'll get to my number one in a moment. Um, J-pop okay, is interesting. Here we go. There's probably an ad. Oh, maybe not. Sounds like video game music. Let's get a vocal sample. I kind of like the chord choice there. You can hear this the um the second chord right here. You can it's a 7, you can hear it really ring out there. Yeah, I like I like when when I've just I've been obsessed with sevenths lately. <laughs> so when I hear them done well, I just I love it. I love it. Especially right, in that so, Ed Sheeran uh, song too, but yeah, that's yeah, that's that was that was interesting. With better vocals, it could have been, you know. All right, we'll get to uh, my number one here. Black this is why I'm hot. This is why I'm hot. This is why. This is why. This is why I'm hot. This is why I'm hot. I feel like hearing the instrumental to this, it's like someone's starting lineup is about to be introduced. <laughs> I could totally hear that. <laughs> this was a there was a bold choice for this song as his first single. Yeah. Um, and this was a time where okay, there's Jay Z. There's 50 representing New York. Mm-hmm. It's kind of started declining right here at this point. As far as like a rapper from New York. Yeah. Well, I mean, unfortunately. Oh. Hmm? Is this how the song actually went? Did he sample all these? He actually did. Okay. I thought this was the remix. I think what really started happening was the taste mu- taste in um, rap music changed you know it, it became more like you know and this is kind of a danceable song but it really became more about can I dance to it yeah and I mean a lot of and at the time yeah. before with New York it was can I drive to this yeah this was not it was not focus was not dance yeah um, and if you don't believe me go back and listen to early Jay-Z a lot of that stuff you cannot dance to <laughs> I mean, like, try to dance to Heart of the City. <laughs> you can do a two-step, maybe. <laughs> um, but, like, I mean, if you think about what Lil John was doing, I mean, that was club music. Yeah. You know, it was, it was so. It got people to hyped, the floor. got them energized. Yeah. And people went like, well, well that's what we have to always do this. Yeah. So I, I do agree, because I'm trying to think after, after 50, who was the next really big rapper? Because I mean, I guess we had a string of, of one-hit wonders coming out of New York, but like, who's the next? I get, and maybe the next guy is ASAP Rocky, but 
he's his sound he's is southern. so southern. Yeah, he's, his sound he's, is southern influence. <laughs> I thought he was from Houston. <laughs> As did I. Um, so yeah, uh, well, this song, uh, this is why I'm hot by Mims. This was his. Mims uh, uh, is his actual last name, but he made it sound mean something. It means music is my savior. That was the name of his album. This is the first single from the album, and it was number one on the Hot 100. Yeah, this was a big song in the, back then. I remember this. Being this was everywhere. Well. everywhere. Um, there are remixes everywhere. There's a reggaeton remix because that was that was something to do. Make a reggaeton remix, get Daddy Yankee or Don Omar or Tego Calderon, Kaye 13 or Kaye Sudeze. Um, they have one called they have a, a reggaeton remix Twista made a remix called This Is Why I'm Cold <laughs> Lil Wayne has a freestyle on one of his mixtapes bruh this is uh, when Lil Wayne was on everything Talib Kweli <laughs> made a remix called Niggas Lie A Lot oh god <laughs> um, so yeah it was it was number one for uh it, when it was released online, it went up to number 32 on the Hot 100. And then uh, it was number 32, and then the next week it was number one. Mm. The third greatest rise to number one ever. And it was there for one week. And then Glamorous by Fergie. <laughs> Great song. Knocked it out of that spot. So, um, yeah, it was also, it was number one. Um uh, number two on the black singles. I'm sorry, the race records chart. Uh, it did not chart as high around the world, but that's kind of just how hip hop goes. It's not going to be. It may seem global, but it's not. You're not going to see it like chart very high. It's not going to be on the radio a lot. I think people are going to stream it more uh, or support the artist by going to their shows whenever they perform overseas. Mm -hmm. um, it was number 14 in Finland. Uh, number 19 in in Canada um but in America this was this is a huge song so it's funny we've mentioned at least two maybe three features or remixes by Lil Wayne yeah this is around the time where he was saying he's the greatest rapper alive and oh, he yeah, was this basically was, on everything he could get on this was right before Carter 3 dropped uh, yeah. But the mixtapes, yeah, he was. It was. It was. This was. It was mixtape Wayne. Um, yeah, in between. I remember specifically his line, "I I eat rap, feed me rappers," on the "We Taking Over." His on his verse, and when he said "Greatest Alive," I was just like, "Yeah, he is. He is hardest working man in rap music right now. Like he will be on your remix. Just tell him when, and he'll, <laughs> he'll show up and do it. He's probably high out of his mind. Just." <laughs> Oh God! Uh, even though there was a video that came out of him saying that he thought Twenty One Savage was a group, <laughs> so he's been high for a very long time. And thing this girl, I, I think he's thirty eight. He started young. He's been around for a very long time. I mean, he was like fifteen on Drop It Like It's Hot, wasn't it? Not <laughs> yeah. Drop It Like It's Hot on um Back bling. That Thing Up. Yeah, and Bling Bling. Yeah, he was he, he, was a kid. he created the phrase Bling Bling. 
and, should be a billionaire. And drop it like it's hot. Yeah. Two of like the most enduring phrases of the last 20 years, you could say. That guy. <laughs> Give him his propers. Because I don't, I think people, you know, put him as, but like as term, in terms of like a wordsmith and as somebody who can like affect popular lexicon, like, yeah, pretty impressive Lil Wayne. Pretty impressive. Um, so that will do it for our um, year of our Lord. Because five <laughs> one hit wonders in the year of our Lord, two thousand seven. <laughs> get to my earworm of the week. Um, this is a an indie pop band that I didn't know existed. Uh, I was listening. I've been listening to some Madchester stuff. Okay, some acid jazz. Nice. And this band came up. They're act, they are American, and uh, this was a band formed by the late Adam Schlesinger. Oh, really? This okay. is before Fountains of Wayne, uh, and it's a band called Ivy. I didn't know you did anything before that. Um, so in this, um, yeah, this was a band that they were... They were I guess they um, on and off uh, from 1994 to 2012, uh, three piece band. Um, and the thing that interested me is that they it had like kind of a Brit pop sound, mm-hmm. and then they add some some brass. Um, yeah, it, it was just a very interesting, a very interesting. Uh, uh, sound that they put together um and this song is called this is the day it was released as a single in 1998 Mm -hmm. um trying to see if it was put in any movies or tv shows i feel like it should have been it sounded like one of those songs Mm -hmm. um no it doesn't look like it but I, I didn't know there was that this that he had another band before Founds. I thought Founds of Wayne had just been around for a long time. Yeah, I mean, like you go back and listen to some of their older stuff, and it sounds like they, it sounds like mid '90s pop rock. Like I listened to um, Hackensack. It was a great song. Katy Perry covered it for her Unplugged, which kind of shows you who Katy Perry is to cover that. But like that song, that song totally sounds like it could have been made in like 1995, <laughs> like <laughs> while they're touring with REM or something. <laughs> like it's just. That's wild. So this is This Is The Day by Ivy from their album Apartment Life. (laughs) And we'll be right back. So 
Right, that is This Is The Day by Ivy. And apparently Ben had heard this song before. I just don't remember where. Um, it's on some playlist that I've got. It might be on my pop rock playlist. Um, but yeah, I like that song. I guess I, I just never knew it was him. <laughs> yeah, Zion, you can find that on our BTT YHT Earworms playlist on Spotify right now okay so uh all right it's late let's get out of here all right so <laughs> um, super secret location <laughs> uh let's all right i can't think of anybody else and apparently there's some anachronisms in my list uh so we can end the show um either with ingrid michelson or with feist jeez feist okay <laughs> make me suffer <laughs> all right so uh thank you everyone for listening um we are going to be part of an event coming up in november so we'll we'll keep you updated and give you all the details um if you want to come out and meet us if you're in the atlanta area have some giveaways some door prizes um bring door your prizes. music trivia knowledge you're gonna win some stuff i'll say that now um just to get you get you prepared, let you study up, <laughs> and uh, we'll keep you updated on the details. But um, we are going to be part of it's going to be our first event as a podcast. <laughs> Five years in the making, <laughs> 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 uh, but we're going to end the show with one, two, three, four by Feist, another VH1 All Star. Mm-hmm. Thank you all for listening, and we'll talk to you very, very soon. Peace. Peace. One, two, three, four, tell me that you love me more. Sleepless, long nights, that's what my youth was for. Yeah. <laughs>